Hello, welcome to Fun Dip and Cherry Coke, the podcast to feed your pop culture nostalgia. I'm your host, Kira Gowan, and this week I'm joined by the spectacular Scott Merrill. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Fun Dip and Cherry Coke, the podcast to feed your pop culture nostalgia. This week, I'm joined by Scott. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. The whole I'm, episode. I'm coming in hot. <laughs> good, yep. good. Um, hey, Scott, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we're talking about my jam, Monty Python. <laughs> which is not my jam. Yeah, and by Monty Python, I mean the Holy Grail, which is the true Monty Python, in my opinion. Which I think if you were to ask me what the best Monty Python is, I would say one of the other ones yeah i've never seen the other one so this is objectively the best monty python i've ever seen for sure but i also stopped looking after i saw this movie because it was sheer perfection i like so. that you're coming in with kind of a bold confession yeah that you haven't seen any of the well, other ones you know i'm just trying to speak the truth so i can right. spread the good word of right. monty python so awesome why'd you pick this um so it's trying to think back on kind of my nostalgia um this was one of the first movies that i kind of discovered on my own mm -hmm. where instead of having like my family show it to me or something like that i just kind of fell into it through my friends and mm -hmm. um was kind of the first movie that i kind of owned is like one of my favorite movies and uh how, like how old do you I, think i was probably like 10 or 11 okay. and i was just starting to like develop my own tastes and different entertainment and what sure. i liked and yeah just fell in love with it and just through the years i still loved it just as much and i totally love the dry since a British humor, so right, yeah, which I don't. <laughs> well, I, one of us will very much enjoy this movie. Then, no, I think but, yeah. I think it's I think it's not the dry sense of humor that I don't like about this movie. It's just like the the silliness. I don't think it's funny to just say knee knee like that's not funny. <laughs> oh boy, that's one of my favorite scenes. Okay, well we'll see. Maybe like with some time, it'll it'll grow sure, on you, and, maybe. and some things will come out. But. And I've had like nice experiences watching this movie specifically at like the outdoor cinema mm. have you ever done that yeah oh totally it's not fun. with this movie though that would be fun what did you what have you seen there um rocky horror picture show nice oh my so, god yeah, yeah th but these you kind win. of movies lend themselves well to that environment yeah. where everyone's like yeah. quoting the lines because they've mm -hmm. seen it a million times and... i think i've seen like fifth element and jurassic park and uh, Pulp Fiction and nice. that sort of thing there. But I think, oh God, actually, you know what? The last time I saw this movie was at the outdoor cinema and it was on a very bad date. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I was on a date. I was like an okay, keep it date with this guy and he picked the restaurant and he picked like a very expensive restaurant, downtown Boulder. Mm -hmm. And then he insisted that we split the check. And I was like, I can't, can't like, no, like if we're going to split the check, we're going someplace cheaper. Like, I I feel like doing the the really nice restaurant and then Monty Python is kind of two right. ends of the spectrum there. It's yeah. not like really much of a theme, you yeah, know, kind of stay in one lane. It was bizarre and yeah. he was also just maybe a little boring. Yeah, <laughs> well, um. <laughs> he had good taste in movies at least, so well, it's not all he bad. He had good dates, a good choice in like the date of the movie mm. that it was the only option. Yeah. So, uh, but well. I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what are your, like, favorite parts besides the knee? Um, so one of the things that really hits home with me is, um, the guy who plays 
Got it. And I'm not going to sound like much of a fan of this movie, but <laughs> the guy who has the big handlebar mustache and is the super smart one um, reminds me exactly of my uncle in a lot of ways because my uncle is just the smartest man I know, um, but is also kind of goofy and makes goofy decisions like the Trojan horse thing. That would be totally on par that, for... Are those the clop clop clop? Uh, no. So that's when they build a wooden Trojan horse and they give it to the castle and the whole idea is they're supposed to be inside and then sure. ambush, but they aren't inside of it and then oh. goes inside the castle. <laughs> and he's explaining to them how they're going to jump out and ambush and then takes them a bit to realize that they aren't actually in the horse and that their plan was worthless. So, oh my god, I um, don't remember this movie. Yeah, oh man, okay, it's, you'll love it. But uh, that's totally on par with my uncle, so like the whole time I'm watching that, I just like, I'm thinking about him and like this would be him in medieval times, yeah. so I enjoy that a lot. The, and then Tim, the enchanter, is probably my favorite character overall. Who, who's that? Um, they call me Tim? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> He, he, that's basically his line, and then he launches firebolts all over the place, and he's the one who leads them to the kill a rabbit eventually. Okay. So, all right, so um, it's possible that the only scenes that I remember from this movie are the are dumb the, ones. Uh, are, well, that's every scene. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> but, true. But, yeah. right. but in the context, you know, they they flow together nicely, and it sure. it builds up. It sounds like there's a lot that you may not remember. So, mm-hmm. be, did you, know, you like, have fresh. a group of friends that you would quote this movie with? Because I feel like that was like a common thing in. At least with people that I knew, people would quote just t- to the point of beating a dead horse to death. Yeah, um, I didn't have a whole lot of that. Um, I had one friend who showed this to me, which is kind of how I fell into it. And then her and I watched it a couple times together. And then one time we went on a road trip to California and drove oh, through cool. Vegas at the end of it and caught Spam a lot when we were in Vegas. Oh, so nice. um, her and I watched it a lot and kind of enjoyed it together. But otherwise, yeah, it's mostly just been something I kind of enjoyed on my own. And mm-hmm. yeah. I've quoted it more than enough, that's for sure. Did you, it was like the, this is a European starling. Yeah. <laughs> the African versus European swallows. Oh, swallows, yeah. right. Yep. But I mean, these are the important questions that need to be asked, and I'm glad that Monty Python was wise are enough they? to ask them. Are yeah. they? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> now we have scientists thinking about these type of things, so. About African and European and laden versus unladen swallows, and, you, you know. know I. I bet that some goofy, nerdy scientist somewhere has done oh, yeah. a study yeah. on like the weight that different birds can carry and how far. And this is by. totally the type of movie that would have a like stupid, dumb cult following that goes <laughs> yeah. overboard with it. So, yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I've watched it. Um, probably <laughs> like longer long? than it's been a mm, year and a half, two years. Okay. Um, generally, I would try, I watch a couple times a year. Oh, but wow. one of the reasons why is, I swear to God, I bought 10 copies of this movie by now. And every time I buy it, it goes missing before I even open it. And I'm, so I'll like, get a hankering to watch it. And then I can't find my copy. So I go out and buy another one. And then I wind up losing it. Wow. Um, so today, I have a special 40th anniversary Blu-ray, Blu-ray edition uh, that also has, it's in the shape, the whole box of a cat castle and then it comes with little plastic farm animals and a catapult so you can launch <laughs> the animals over the castle wall um so definitely not gonna lose this one and but is it because it's thick i like looked at it a tiny bit it's just yep. this dvd or is it like i'm, I'm pretty sure it's just this and they just made it like a castle because so the castle. you could launch yeah. things over it well you lift but... it up so i can take a, pic- take a picture yep all right and it's the 40th 40th anniversary edition too so this movie is getting up there which it to me, it feels timeless, at least. I yeah. think it's like, just carries well through time. Did you? Oh, no, you didn't, because you didn't ever see any of the other ones, but... Um, no, I've seen, like, some of the sketch show and parts of Life of Ryan, but mm-hmm. haven't seen it in its entirety, which Aaron especially and compared I to this. we were talking yesterday about how we both saw, separately, um, the same 
IFS screening at Munzinger that I think it was Terry Jones was like introing. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised you wouldn't go to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I do remember hearing about it, but don't remember. It was not as good as the Jonathan Cameron Mitchell introing Hedwig and talk back. Like Harry IFS Potter. Did. No. He was like the handler <laughs> of the owl. <laughs> if only. Yeah. No, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Maybe one of my favorite movies. And musicals. Neil Patrick Harris. Way better than Spamalot. Uh, well, <laughs> we agree to disagree on that one. Uh, but Fair. But Fair. it was Neil Patrick Harris, right? Um, yeah, he, he he was in the Broadway, Broadway one. one. Yeah, so I can get behind that. And like that. Tay Diggs and um, who else did they? God, who's that guy? I can't think of his name. Another guy was in it. A lot nice. of guys. Oh, John Cameron, Jonathan Cameron Mitchell also did a stint. And that one was when I was like, I should go to New York and see this. But yes. I didn't. Great. Well, do you have anything else that you want to like warn me about or like prepare me for? I mean, I've seen this movie before, so. I guess the for after we come back another frame of reference I, I lived in England for a couple of years oh, yeah. and then my wife is British mm-hmm. so the whole like British sense of humor is mm-hmm. like that's part of why I like it so much just because like having spent time there mm-hmm. I appreciate that yeah excited to watch it again yeah. and, and make you sit through it and endure <laughs> the silliness um I mean, as far as making me sit through things, I will say that we are in the same household as we watched Gettysburg. So this is going to be a lot nicer than that. And also, um, going back to your wife and her being British, actually not having anything to do with that, but going back to your wife, she is the one. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say that? Is that copyright? Are we going to get charged for that? I think you can say that. My wife. (laughs) Uh, yeah just keep saying it um she is the one who was my guest on my millennium episode which the backstreet boys backstreets back all right um which if you haven't listened to it you should go back and download it because that was a really fun one and we ended up just like giggling and singing for a long time she's actually in the room with us right now and she's nodding along joyfully so we're gonna all go watch this movie and we'll be back bye bye back welcome back welcome back (laughs) as soon as we got ready to start recording again i asked what you wanted to talk about and you said star wars (laughs) well you know that's just general (laughs) always want to talk about star wars doesn't bode well for this movie though (laughs) oh well you know just thinking of classics but that's true um i want to talk about what you thought of it though because i was pretty sold on it but i'm curious if if it's changed at all for you or what you think um, it's very hit and miss. Yeah. Like, I mean, you heard there were definitely a lot of spots that I was laughing at, but I think that there's still a lot that I find insufferable yeah. about this movie. So I think I noticed something which I had noticed before and that it's, it's on kind of the three act sequence and the middle act is definitely the weakest where mm-hmm. everyone's kind of doing the individual stories because that's when you get Galahad who's that's my least favorite section for sure like when yeah. he goes to Castle Anthrax yeah that yeah, was really just, like, bad well it's interesting because they have the kind of self-referential moment where they're like oh yeah we were thinking of cutting this but like I'm glad yeah. we didn't and it's everyone's like, kind of like telling them I to get on did. with it and it's just like yeah that's exactly <laughs> what I feel like so it makes you wonder did they like put in a bad scene just for like 
the fun of it and they do like a lot of things just to stretch it out and kind of like test your patience on it but that and the the Lancelot scene was kind of hit or miss but when they're all grouped together in the first and third acts those are definitely the best part I thought the first one was best and then the third one kind of it it just sort of like felt a little disjointed yeah and I was kind of like what is happening yeah yeah like there were definitely some funny moments but I think the funniest moments were in the beginning Mm -hmm. i kind of started making a list of stuff i loved and stuff i did (laughs) okay okay lay it on me (laughs) so we can kind of go through that i also for like the first bit of it was writing down like every scene because the first part especially i guess the first two parts if we're gonna go with which i think you're right the three act structure the first two felt very much like just individual sketches and then it started to feel like a cohesive movie albeit one that maybe didn't hold my interest that well at the end so it's like writing down all the little individual scenes and like they all kind of had different styles of humor and some really worked for me and some didn't like the swallow and coconut thing like did work and then the bring out your dead didn't and then the we didn't elect you did and then the just a flesh wound did not so i kind of went back and forth from being like that was really funny to that was like not yeah so with the plague scene specifically part of what i really liked about that is at the same time i was getting into this i was taking world history for the first time Uh and we're learning about like the self-flagellation and the um like the play cards and things like that so actually like there's some historical precedent for like some of those references Mm -hmm. which then when i was watching it and taking this history class like made it funny i was like oh haha yeah they did hit (laughs) hit themselves with boards and like so i kind of like that but i definitely like at the beginning that first act is kind of like getting the band together uh-huh. where they're like introducing the characters and tying them together second act is like they split off which is kind of the weaker one yeah and well, then they're not playing with each other yeah and that's where the much. strength comes yeah. from, from it's just like they're a comedy troupe and they work best together i think um but then the third act is especially hit and miss because like it definitely kind of fizzles at the end which i think is kind of the point is yeah. like you're expecting this big battle and then the movie's <laughs> literally just over and yeah. then it plays like five minutes of the same like riff over and over again which we listen to just to see if something yeah. happened but um but then the tim scene is still my favorite like watch, watching him really it's just so it kind of like goes up and down a little yeah. bit at the end yeah it's i, I found myself at, by then kind of like wandering and i think that's just the pacing of the movie mm-hmm. um isn't quite as strong towards the end but this some of the individual skits are very good so and i wonder if that has to do with just like what we're used to in movies versus like just the style of movies in the 70s i don't i don't know if that's yeah i'm not sure about other movies at the time but i was definitely thinking like this movie couldn't happen today and yeah. it, like you i can imagine seeing this in theaters and having this kind of reverent humor and the kind of like pacing where they do seem to just be like some of the bits are stretched out just to yeah. see like how long can you stick with it <laughs> um and I really kind of appreciate that and we were reading a little pamphlet on it and there was they spent 200,000 quid on it so about yeah. $400,000 wasn't it it was like 150,000 pounds wasn't it yeah and okay. that was like their initial budget and the directors each got oh, yeah. paid a thousand bucks and they shot it all in 28 days and yeah. it was something where it's just like like it seems like it was barely more than the Monty Python TV show where right. they just kind of like did this but then it got huge and then you were saying you were looking up other movies from that year and Rocky mm-hmm. Horror Picture Show was also yeah. that year which is interesting and. that it's kind of like these big cult 
following yeah. movies came out that year, <laughs> like, so something was Jaws, in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pink Panther, which which Pink Panther was Pink it? Pink Panther Return, yeah. Return of the Pink Panther. And, yeah, just a lot of kind of classics, and I was looking up other, kind of just to like place this movie, like other movies, um, or comedy movies from the 70s, and it was like National Lampoon and like tons of Woody Allen stuff, and I was like, alright, yeah, no, this, this definitely falls in the same category as most of those for me yeah um and i think it's definitely a product of its time where mm-hmm. it was so successful because it kind of landed at the right time yeah. but um i still think it holds up pretty well like there's some i wouldn't necessarily even say problematic areas i would but, say problematic yeah well so like <laughs> one of the ones was the lancelot scene which yeah. i think part of it is like the character of lancelot and the father are both kind of assholes anyway so yeah. the well, the point Lancelot's is like they're supposed not. to be a, well he's just like the gallant action hero oh, who charges in wait. and like cuts people down who's and like, the guy who was getting married then was um that? that was just some like random okay. that, that rando okay, guy that's the guy that i meant like yeah okay that guy's not asshole yeah yeah Lance. uh yeah but lancelot yeah, yeah murdered <laughs> the entire wedding just yeah. for the glory of it and like but but yeah i mean some of it is just like yeah it's not as funny now and like well, that was i mean i wouldn't say it's even not as funny it's just like incredibly problematic that they have this super effeminate character and his dad is trying to get him to marry a woman and he's saying i don't want to and the implication is that he'd rather marry a man and the dad is like we don't talk about that yeah and then part of it like just totally shunned and just like he's kind of portrayed as like gross and i was i was a little uncomfortable with that yeah yeah i didn't like that part of it too is the context of like british humor and the society where like a lot of that joke is like oh we don't talk about these things like stop singing like we don't express ourselves (laughs) and yeah and so like a lot of it is kind of contextual and but yeah i mean it's just like again it wouldn't what it doesn't quite land the same anymore so but i mean overall i think it was still still fun to watch and and i don't recall even ever having a problem with that in previous times that i've watched it which like most recently like two or three years ago totally and that was something i noticed too where like i was like oh i hadn't like realized this before and it's kind of interesting to see but it wasn't like i watched uh i think it was police academy (laughs) a a week or two ago and i hadn't seen it before and i was just like i turned it off a couple minutes and i was like (laughs) I can't believe this was allowed before and yeah so on like, that scale like it's what still, happened in it I, it was just like a lot of n- not so subtle racism okay. i feel like and just like very bad gender dynamics and i was just like yeah i don't know yeah. but i do like 80s movies in general mm-hmm. it's just some of them also just like yeah we're pretty unabashed <laughs> in it so you have to um, look at it through the lens of the time and yeah and then with monty python they're an all-male troupe who right. cross-dress a lot so it's like a lot of their humor is kind of gender play but it's just yeah. like yeah the the anthrax scene also like super duper gross yeah and that's that's the one that i especially don't like like i don't necessarily get it where the rest of the movie especially the first act is like Uh every single shot and word is so calculated and like there's a joke and there's always something to glean from it but that one i was just like i didn't really get the point and like i'm not sure why it was called castle anthrax and they like were just repeating the same kind of like ooh we're ooh like (laughs) the chastity guy yeah Yeah. and and like the only redeeming part is at the end when she's like oh shit and it's just like she drops back but it's just like that's five ten minutes of build up for like kind of one joke that actually lands and i um, actually 
disagree. I think the, the joke that landed for me was the totally different joke, which was that they all had these just, like, really ugly names. Yeah. And like, our castle like, is anthrax. We know. It's a terrible name. But, yeah. Like, and we're the, so sexy. And then, and like, then they, midget and banana. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> like, that was the only part of the joke that, to me, was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. And, but, <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting that, like, I'm not sure what the intention no. of that whole thing was quite as much, but... It could um, easily have been cut. Yeah. 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 But, um, which I mean, I guess that's like kind of true for most scenes of this movie, which kind of goes back to prove what I was saying. Like, they all seem kind of like independent. Mm -hmm. Like, you could cut anything and it would basically still make sense, more or less. Yeah. And kind of looking at it through, it's almost like, you know, the skit comedy moving into movies. It would be like an SNL movie. But it's, when you look through that lens, it's just like, it still is a pretty solid movie. But when you try and like look at a plot or an idea of like a through line, it's it's very loose. But it's um, it's still like, higher quality than I'd expect from a skip movie so it kind of like is in this weird middle ground between the two it's clear that it was made by like a sketch group Mm -hmm. yeah do you want me to go into this stuff that I didn't love yeah yeah let's hear let's hear that (laughs) do you want to do should I do stuff I didn't love and then stuff I love or should I kind of go back and forth Um, chronologically through the movie uh, maybe chronologically is good I think that might make more sense some of them are kind of like running things Um, which there's a lot of that was something I noticed more this time was I was like counting track (laughs) of how many times it was like five no three or, or, or you know I feel better. That came up a yeah. lot more than I remember. Yeah. So. And, like, they brought the coconuts and the swallows yeah. back, like, throughout. And that was, like, kind of a funny pull whenever whenever it was used. Um, you, you probably didn't like it as much, but the cats being nope, bashed against that... random services throughout the whole movie. <laughs> if you look at the stuff I don't so love funny. list, yeah, the very I, first thing, I figured. cat abuse. I think I noticed that more because I was doing this with you, and I was like, oh, God, this is not going to work for Kira. I'm going to lose her very quick with all these cats. Yeah. What happens to a cat does affect how I feel about a movie. Yeah. Like inside Lewin Davis, I could not enjoy that movie because I was so stressed out the entire time by what might happen to the cat. Yeah. Like, it's like dogs he's, too. He's it's... Carrying a cat on the subway, like <laughs> loose. Like, no, oh my god. I like cannot I can't think of anything else when there's a cat. And like fortunately this was obviously a fake cat, but they yeah. kept beating the cat well, against the walls. I like, don't get it. So at first I thought funny. I thought they had carpets and they were like knocking the dust off the carpets and I was like oh that's funny but it was literally like walls in the ground and like they also had that kind of motif extended where like one guy was bashing a river with a stick and they just like would hit random things with other things but the cats you'd notice because so you'd hear the screeching cats. as yes, they were doing so it cats. I did not like that but it was all throughout the movie like it happened like four or five times yeah. I feel like yeah. and I was like can, can we not so we, can we be done with this cat thing Ugh, that was, yeah, that was the biggest thing for Yeah, me. okay. And then something that I did love was the logic about the witches. Yep. Like, well, God, how do they even, oh, um, witches burn. Witches burn. Mm-hmm. Wood burns. Mm-hmm. Wood floats. Ducks float. Witches weigh the same as ducks. Yep. I really like that train of thought. It's a very long, <laughs> long walk for a short sip of water, but like yeah. logically it follows. And that that was the scene specifically where I was like, okay, this is my uncle Dan for sure, because because he like he would logic it out yeah. and, and like come to this conclusion that's like 
okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then it actually winds up that like the scale balances them equally, right. which also like you're like, okay, yep, logic train, and <laughs> no, no, okay, there we go, and it was very good. And um, also when she's like, this isn't my nose. Yeah, and that that's the the kind of pinnacle of the whole like every single scene and moment has its purpose, where yeah. where like the facial expression of everyone is they're like thinking about it, and then when the guy like when he's like, so what does that mean? He's like, they're made of wood, and everyone like pats him on the back. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. And, just like the way they deliver everything, and the guy in the background with shaving cream all over yeah. his face for oh, like no was reason. That a nice and, oh yeah, that yeah, was. yeah. He's like running around with the mob, and there's just like uh, yeah, I don't know. I spent more time looking at the background yeah. and the main scenes yeah. now because I've seen it so many times, just trying to like pick out what weird stuff they have going on, and it's yeah, that one, that one was really good, and just like their puzzled expressions as they were trying to figure yeah. stuff out. Yeah, for sure, was <laughs> the best. The next thing is on my dislike list, and it's gory humor. I don't hmm. I don't like when they cut the guy's it, arms even off. Even when it's like camp where <laughs> it's blood or ketchup packet type yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, even then uh, I'm just like, eh. So if it's like it, shooting out blood, I'm like, nah. Yeah, so in that <laughs> scene specifically, I don't know if it was an intentional continuity thing, like they were just trying to play it up or not, but when the Black Knight throws the sword, he throws it like directly into the guy's visor, and then when he takes it out, it's going horizontally. Oh, interesting. Um, which also like, yeah, I always notice because it's so graphic when he yeah. just like throws it directly through but uh, i was just reading that for the black knight they actually had a hip amputee, hip amputee yeah, yeah and they, so they could like put him on the put ground and the, like yeah in the hole yeah better, that guess. goes to fit with their like tiny budget yeah. where they're just doing that and then the final charge scene they had students from the local city because they couldn't <laughs> yeah, pay anyone and like too. yeah it's just, <laughs> oh man it's, yeah i i do love like how shoestring everything was mm-hmm. and how they didn't try to hide that. Yeah, they, they just embraced it. And... Yeah, being like, here's a, like, you can tell my arms are actually just in my shirt, but yeah. I'm gonna pretend they're cut off. And I think one of the reasons they pulled it off, and I'm not by any means a cinephile enough mm-hmm. to know if this is true or not, but it seems like it kind of started a lot of the meta-referential humor. Interesting. Where, like, a lot of it was, like, breaking down the walls and kind of being, yeah. like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge, and then the whole overarching overarching plot of, like, them killing the historian in uh-huh. real life and, like, acting this out <laughs> so they can be, like... And they even address the camera at the end where the police knocks it down, so it's... it's they can excuse all of it by being, like, yeah, we're, we're making a movie, and, like, yeah. it's... It, I don't know. I'm also a big fan of community... And that was a big kind of theme of that show was the self-referential kind of meta humor. And I see this as kind of like the precursor to, to like that being able to happen. And like, we have a lot of meta humor nowadays in general. So I think this was kind of like the early start of that. And I mean, Monty Python obviously has a huge impact where I feel like everyone who's ever been in a grocery store with coconuts has grabbed them (laughs) and ran around (laughs) galloping, which is like, you know, explicitly from this. Oh, well, you probably just haven't seen enough coconuts. Coconuts at the grocery store because it's impossible to resist. But um. I, I was on a kick for a while where I was having half a coconut for breakfast. I mm. just like break it apart and just pick at it for a while. Yeah, well, you have some great restraint to not be constantly galloping with them. It didn't even occur to me. I think I'd be more likely to like try to make a coconut bra. Because okay. South Pacific was a movie that I watched okay. a lot, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if I've ever clipped a clicked a coconut together. Yeah, I remember my brother and I would always do that, and it drove our parents crazy, mostly yeah. just because we were running around being Making nuisances. But yeah, 
<laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. The next thing that I wrote that I didn't like was the fart horns in the animation <laughs> sequence. Yeah. Did not like. And then I wrote, this is on the didn't love and loved. I wrote the French guards words on the didn't love and the French guards physicality on the did love. Okay, so like the the disses <laughs> weren't landing, but his like yeah. slapping the head with, yeah, the, with exactly. the gloves and everything. Yeah. I just I think this is this is kind of a bigger problem for me. Is like I feel like this movie encouraged a lot of people who aren't funny to substitute randomness for humor. And it just encouraged people to be super random and like think that they were being funny for a long time. And I I think, I don't know if that was like a time period or just like a developmental period in people's lives where their sense of humor hasn't like matured enough. But that's like, that's that's always something that's like bothered me a lot. Yeah, I feel like that's a keystone of a lot of British comedy, especially of that time, where it's just like very light and very slapstick and like it doesn't have to mean anything or have a like deeper delivery. It's just kind of like goofy noises, funny faces, silly, silly. But like that's one thing, but saying like, oh, your father smelled of elderberries and thinking like, like what? You just so I always thought elderberries meant like testicles. And so it's just a fruit. Yeah. And then then we went to England and Katie's grandmother (laughs) drinks elderberry all the time. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty nice. Like, Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. Like we smell it all the time. Yeah. And so that was kind of (laughs) not, I hate to say it was like three months ago. I discovered elderberries (laughs) were like a real thing that actually were, were fine fruits. Actually knowing um, you that doesn't like knowing you and your familiarity with like most edible plants. I'm not really surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, berries are generally okay, but again, I thought it was like a euphemism for, so I never looked into it. And, and that would be funnier if it was. Yeah, and like, so that's what I figured, so now it's less funny yeah. because it's just like, yeah, okay. Or but. like, bring me a shrubbery. Like, what? Like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why that lands for me and, like, the herring and, um... I just, I'm just like, no, like, you just said something pointless. Like, you said something that deliberately didn't make sense. I think the Knights and Knee worked because the kind of whole journey around it was a little more complete. Like, when they meet Roger the Shrubber was pretty funny. And and then they, like, knee at the old lady and she's, like, cowering. (laughs) And then Bedivere can't say it. And he's like, nay, nay, they have to correct him. So, like, that worked versus the French people. They were kind of those were the weaker scenes anyway where they just kind of insulted them and like Mm -hmm. dumped their feces buckets on him and (laughs) the movie kind of ended so like there wasn't as much with it yeah the knights who say knee like they definitely did use the randomness in some ways that were funny but i was just like i don't know it just felt i don't know pointless yeah and like the bunny that was like a killer but it reminded me of that killer rabbit killer bunnies did you ever play that game don't think so. It was, I mean, I I don't remember it well because I only played it like once or twice, but my brother really liked it. And as I can recall, it had like that same sort of like, we're so silly and random. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't have the patience for this. Or like exploding kittens, just like stuff like that where it's like, let's put things that don't make sense in here. And, yeah. And that's just automatically funny because it doesn't make sense. So I think like this definitely set the tone for a lot of that and something that we were, when we were watching the interview with the cast who did this um, uh-huh. and the crew of Monty Python, they were saying that Holy Grail 
hit it really big in the states versus life of brian is bigger in europe and where they have more of like a, a dedicated following versus here monty python kind of is holy grail uh-huh. um which yeah, i'm very totally curious true. like is is it because it resonates more nowadays or was this kind of what set the tone for comedy going down the road and like why we have some of this more reverent stuff now and yeah um i wish i knew more about that but it is interesting that holy grail is caught on more over here anyway if my memory serves, Life of Brian and Meeting of Life are smarter. Like, mm, yeah. they're, they're definitely less... There's less of the kind of non-sequitorial, incongruous silliness, and they're more of those, like, smart, logical jokes that mm-hmm. I was laughing really hard at. And I think, actually, when you're, you're just mentioning that now, the beginning of the movie does have a lot more of that smart humor, yeah. where I thought, like, especially with the autonomous collective speech where they were talking about the government, just yeah. like, wow, this is really smart humor. <laughs> I love that. And, like, the slapstick was that the king was, like, feeding into it and, like, wasn't right. getting that he was being made fun of. And so, like, even though it was lowbrow, it was still really intelligent, like, the way they're saying. And well, even I the, the swallows and stuff. Characters. Yeah, and he was the straight man where yeah. he almost never joked, but exactly. he was, like, the foil to everyone else's <laughs> silliness. So he kind of seemed like he stuck out because he wasn't a yeah. silly one like everyone else. Well, and he just, like, he fielded the comedy so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually the next thing on my stuff I love list is the character of Arthur. Yeah. He was great. He's also the handsomest. He's also dead. He's Aww. he died at age 48 in 1989 of cancer. So I was really sad. The rest of them seemed to be still doing pretty well. Um at least circa 2015 when the interview that we watched was taped, but that was one that I I looked at him and he has passed. So that was Oh, actually other ones might have too. I don't remember. Do you know? No, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I mean, it's definitely, yeah. you know, 45 years yeah. at this point, so. So, not surprising. But that always kind of, like, brings the the funniness down a little yeah. bit. You're, like, reading their IMD page. It's IMDb just, it's crazy, because even watching it, and granted, we were watching the Blu-ray version, yeah. and it's, like, remastered, I'm sure, but it, it looks, it, I wouldn't not put it at 45 years, where I even no. watch 80s movies, and I'm just like, ooh, that's, like, yeah. e, they were trying too much, versus here, like, they were, I'd say practical effects, but almost no effects. Uh-huh. Like, literally, the only effects they had were blood spurts, which are pretty mm-hmm. easy, and then the Tim fire scene, which I feel like they had to have blown half the budget on the pyrotechnics <laughs> for Tim, just, yeah. like, sitting there blasting off fireworks. I mean, anytime so. they wanted to use, or or in any time, like, a traditional movie would have used special effects, they just did an animation sequence. Or had cool. two coconuts instead right. of a group of horses. <laughs> so, like, yeah. and I think that's so much of the charm, and also the kind of constraint really made the actors put in such better performances because so much of it was just like face shots and of them doing goofy faces and like eyebrow movements and like funny voices and that had to carry the movie because they didn't have anything else to do it so um that's also another reason i think it couldn't happen today just because it's like sheer force of will and right uh going back to my list I put the lady scene under stuff I didn't love. And um, do you know why it's Castle Anthrax? Like, is the joke that it's, like, a modern-day thing, and I, they're, like, referencing it, but, like, everything else is just so calculated, I don't understand. I, like, I that think part. that it's that it's like oh nobody will want to come here because it's called anthrax mm. but like it's a castle full of gorgeous women yeah 
Um, so I really think that it's just that. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think that's all there is to it. <laughs> I'm probably looking too um, much to do it. Yeah, and I, I didn't care for that. I put that I didn't like the killer bunny. I wrote that I did like Tim, and that's how I wrote it, because that's how Tim? he said it. <laughs> <laughs> they know me as Tim. Yeah, I... I liked the Killer Bunny more when I was younger, and even yeah. even now, like it's mostly Tim's scene. Like the Killer Bunny is there just for Tim to like play it up and do his little like fang thing, and <laughs> and his whole character where he just like sits around blasting things, and they're like, "We can yeah. see you're a busy man," and he's just <laughs> literally on a mountaintop just shooting fireworks off. And he only like, speaks so in good. one like one word response, pretty much. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I think that's the the kind of trend for me was I like the more serious comedy mm-hmm. rather than the comedy silly comedy yeah yeah definitely and i mean i just like love his voice and the way he presents himself yeah. too and everything too he's he's <laughs> and his big horn yeah he's beautiful <laughs> which is clearly just like a leather hat that he's yeah. wearing and just is like yeah. they, i'm sure they found a prop and they're just like you know what this is a character we're gonna call him tim and they just, just like, like went to a halloween yeah. so they're like yeah, this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, it's really funny. We're watching behind the scenes, and despite all the silliness, they took it very seriously. And a lot of times, it would be like sniping at each other to be like, "Don't direct me! Like, I know how to do this. I'm a professional." And they're like very different from their characters. And Tim, especially, he kept he was like very serious about his character and was like, "No, no, don't use that take. Like, I need to get this right." And it's just, it's just like well, you're. You, it's, I don't understand. Like you had a word. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just like wait. Let me get the slapstick out. I'll get it. And, um, but I think that's why it also works because it wasn't a half-hearted effort like yeah. they're they were very serious about making this very not serious movie yeah. so yeah for sure um and then the last thing that i have on my like list um was the commandment of hand grenades mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really and i think that goes back to like it that was something that was like a really smart parody yeah and i really like you know historical biblical parodies and i think another thing that i really liked about that scene was how katie knew it word for word oh yeah every single um, word. i think she used it in a speech tournament as like one of her <laughs> speech arguments it was some like parody on that so um <laughs> in, a, in a talent show Talent show. And also did it as a speech and debate piece, and also used it for multiple auditions for theater <laughs> in high school. And uh, so that explains why the pacing was like perfect. And it's funny because a couple of my favorite movies, and it probably speaks more to my lowbrow sense of humor, are Austin Powers and Monty Python. Sure. And they're both British centered movies, yeah. but very differently received in the British world. Like Austin Powers came out when we lived there and we didn't hear about it till our American friends flew over oh, and they like brought it with them to show it to us and like then we asked around England and people were like offended about it. They hated that movie, which is Totally the, fair. Yeah, and the reason why is because it's a Canadian making fun of British people oh. versus British people making fun of British people, which the British people are king in making fun of themselves yeah. and like they're totally on board with it, but as soon as someone else does it, it's a violation. What's so like, that's what's not like, necessarily true. Mm, that's it's, the, it's in your podcast. You had your week. Get out of my show. Um, I mean, and, I'm interested to see what the No, no, is. and I wanted to take this opportunity to say British people are exactly like Monty Python, and <laughs> I, I wanted Katie to have to sit here and listen to it because she always disagrees with these assessments, but British people... It, you have this funny like spectrum of there are people just like Monty Python and that are out there and in, in England who just like are super silly like that. But then you have the other end of the like very serious reserved British grandma. But what? they all kind of coexist in a way that you don't see as much culturally here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I, I think always you do that see that here. I think I mean I think you see the broad range, but I definitely think that even within Monty Python, there's 
you know, kind of the whole spectrum yeah. of serious and reserved and totally goofy and silly. Yeah, and I think this, I guess my point is kind of the self-deprecation oh, brings them together sure. in, in like a way where it's like even the serious people self-deprecate themselves and the goofy people self-deprecate sure. like British culture versus <laughs> like, so that's the common thread that I see a lot of through a lot of kind of the slapstick British comedy. Interesting. Um, and I'm I'm no comedy scholar, so that all sounds fine to okay, me. Okay, so Katie, what's your <laughs> rebuttal then? The problem with Austin Powers is not that it makes fun of British people. It's the fact that it is a culture that is incapable of self-deprecating itself and can't tolerate another culture making fun of it that decided to make a movie making fun of another culture. British um, British people hate it when people can't take what they dish out. You don't think mm, that Canadians... I think it's just because a Canadian made it for an American yeah. audience with an American studio. It's because it's American. Yeah, that was my uh, point. And Americans cannot tolerate not. being mocked by other countries. And Although I do love it when British people do American accents. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Well, Hugh, Hugh Laurie, so... <laughs> have you heard him like switch from English to American? No. It's like the most incredible thing ever when he auditioned for House... <laughs> He walked in, did his entire audition in an American accent, and then when they told him that he got the role, he was like, oh, go blimey, go, that's lovely. And they were like, what the fuck? So a quick aside on accents, because I have objective proof where, you know, people say, like, accents are relative and that to English people, Americans sound like we have accents. Right. That's not true. because No, here's the reason why. Elton John does not sing in an English accent. Singing is totally different. That, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like you giving into your emotions and like not filtering yourself and trying to add this well, accent. No. It's... So it's American. And like Billy Joel sings an American accent. Elton John sings an American accent. Everyone sings an American accent. The only people who sing in British accents are Green Day and they're doing it intentionally to try and be uh, like The hip. Beatles. No, they're like they lose the accent. Like they don't get more of an accent. They they streamline more to Americans. So the point is, like, we found the cultural, the like, the true one true language, and other people are getting there. The proclaimers. That's like a joke thing. Where no, no, Katie's dad hates. Well, are you? The proclaimers. No, because you you like don't let me. You don't let me play that around, you guys, because you're like that's offensive because it's like so Scottish. I have never said anything. Yeah, you barely let that on the wedding playlist. But point being, like, I've come up with this theory. It's bulletproof. It's that we're all moving towards the American accent because it's the correct one. And let's not talk about how when you sing your vowels are stretched and shaped in any number of different ways yeah. to fit into nope. your measures and your notes. It's just and... you giving into your heart's one true accent, which all is right. American. Perfect. <laughs> bulletproof. But also, yeah, I mean, British people inherently sound smarter and funnier with their accent. So, like, I don't they know how to smarter. reconcile those know, things. I don't know if I think they sound funnier. I, so, when I listen to British comedians, I don't know if I've heard one I haven't liked versus there are a lot of American comedians. I'm just like, mm, no, it's not. And same with Australians, well, too, because, big... like, Claudia O'Doherty sure. is... She's, she's also yeah. legitimately probably one of my favorite comedians anyway, but just, like, hearing it in an accent sounds so much funnier to me, and it's probably just because it's something different. I think but... it's... I mean, I don't think it's the words as much as the tone. Yeah. Um, especially the delivery, with I guess. Australian and New Zealand. I think that the, wit- the inflection mm. adds a lot of humor. I also think that if you're going to be a British, Australian, or New Zealand comedian who is successful enough to be known by a United States audience, you have, you have reached a higher level yeah. than, you know, the guys doing whatever 
open mic at a pub in London. Mm. Um, so I think it might be just like not a representative sample, but, but yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I listened to, well, I think, I mean, I listened to, uh, the worst idea of all time. And those dudes are like the funniest dudes ever. And a lot of it is because they, they talk cool. Well, like, have you listened to the beef and dairy network? Yeah. I didn't like it. Uh, it, it. It's fine. The first one was okay, but that wouldn't work if it was like an American accent. It only works because it's like a British guy pretending right. to present the news in like a very formal way. I feel like, so, right. um, it is interesting, which I guess ties back to Monty Python in the sense of like, I am a sucker for English culture and English accents because I live there because my wife's English because like when I hang out with my wife's family, they're all English and Scottish. So like a lot of this is just kind of like me putting them in that context and being like, haha, this is funnier now because it'd be like Bill or Jade doing this. And like, (laughs) um, but I, I think it's also just like the culture or the type of comedy resonates more with me too, where it's just like super light and kind of like dumb. And that's the joke is just that it's dumb. I'm sure you've listened to Eddie Izzard, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Amazing. Yeah, so um, good. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm just thinking about it. He's and laughing. Um, let's see. Oh, and then yeah. uh, going way back to the holy hand grenade thing, <laughs> you'd also mentioned that at one point that you had the the like connection to the video games, which also... Um, I lo- mentioned that I had a connection to a video game? With the, like, no, it was a board game. angry... Oh, the board game. Yeah, yeah Angry Cats or whatever. Killer Bunnies. Yeah, Killer Bunnies. So I also had a connection with that scene specifically because when this movie came out, I was playing the video game Worms a lot, if you'd ever played that, uh, which is basically you'd be worms digging underground and you'd have bazookas and rocket launchers and grenades and you'd have to blow up the other worms team and the whole, so the whole environment explodes. So you'd like have to blow <gasps> holes to get to the other team and then blow them up and you'd go turn by turn, team by team. But the ultimate kind of like game changer weapon was the holy hand grenade. <laughs> and it was, it looked exactly like the holy hand grenade from the movie, which I feel like it, they had to have made of it course. as a holy, yeah. uh, as a Monty Python reference. But you throw it and it'll go hallelujah and then explode and like blow up literally half the level. So if you got the holy hand grenade, it was game over. So yeah. I always liked that connection too, just because it was like, oh, this like worms and like the holy hand grenade is always the game changer. So interesting. I wonder, like, I mean, I'm sure a ton but i'm trying to think of other examples of where pop culture like since this movie came out has referenced it yeah because um, i didn't realize the killer bunny thing which i i assume is connected but i don't know for sure yeah i don't know like coconuts is a big thing i'm not sure yeah but people of, just like, like references in other things like, yeah yeah i think it's just like it's kind of so iconic that right. you just like wouldn't really touch it and it's it is pretty reverent, so it'd be hard to like have something that could reference yeah. it because well, it's just kind of. I think kinda... it would be easy to just, I mean, just like throw shrubberies in something and be like, oh, let's mention see. of swallows. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. If if the listeners can think of anything, if you can, um, if you tweet it at me, I'm really curious to see kind of what other pieces of pop culture this has touched and influenced. So that's at Fun Dip Pod. Um, yeah, definitely tweet that at me so I can take a look. Is that the list? What list? The likes and dislikes. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's all I put. Basically, yeah, the rest of it I was just, like, pretty okay with. It almost feels like it could have been pared down a little bit, but it's only, I think, like an hour and a half to begin with, so it's... It felt longer. Yeah, did it? Let's see here. I mean, I don't know. 
runtime 92 minutes okay. yeah so like an hour and a half okay. and i think it's just because like it is kind of sketch based so you feel sure. like you get a lot of sketches in <laughs> in that 90 minutes um and you know some of them hit some of them don't but yeah. i think that's the strength and weakness is it just kind of plows through mm -hmm. and gets to the end eventually and that's why i think the ending is so appropriate for this movie just because like you have this build, big build up for the traditional final battle sequence and then it's over <laughs> and they're arrested and the movie literally like cuts to black and you're done and that's I, and there's zero resolution yeah yeah and they're just like yep deal with it here you go that was the movie like we're yeah. done you were finished shooting and, and the yeah. song is totally incongruous yeah it, i think it's the same llama theme from the beginning of the movie oh, right. which also that was maybe something on the list that um oh yeah the only other thing i'd i'd add to your list would be the credit sequence and yeah the, that's the definitely and on the, my stuff i love yeah. side um the opening credits i had not remembered that they have this whole like swedish seeming subtitle yeah and the sacking <laughs> of the sackers yeah. i definitely forgot about that I, like i was like hey scott like can you turn the subtitles off <laughs> <laughs> like, is this it's, supposed to be? It's like, no, these these are English. <laughs> just yeah. Point, yeah, Swedish English. Yeah, I, Swedish. I, was, I thought they were a mistake for the first few, so it was good. They they got me. They yep. tricked me. Sneaky, sneaky. Good for them. Those jerks. Yeah, I guess I still can't say like I like it, but I think watching it critically, I respect a lot about it, um, and like the impact that it made on comedy. And you know. I'd say it's still still <laughs> my favorite comedy of all time, wow. and one of my favorite movies. Just I don't have other movies that I can think of that I laugh at quite as much. Where, what like, other What other comedies are like in your top five? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, I like kind of having comedies in the background, but there aren't really any comedy movies that I go to when I, like, want to laugh, except for really this one, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of the only one that I keep going back to. I'll cycle through, like, the Grandma's Boys and the, you know, old schools if I'm feeling a little nostalgic, and okay. um, I do like Austin Powers. Um, I like some really dumb ones, like Shaolin Soccer would probably be up there as one of my favorites. I've never even heard of um, that. Katie Shaker. Kung Fu, Enter the Fist, which are both just like bad western <laughs> kung fu parodies yeah actually both of those would probably be up there so really the dumber more slapstick the better okay um which also informs why i enjoy this movie yeah so much, i was gonna so. say can i go through a list of comedies that i like and see how you feel about yeah. them but i think i kind of have a sense of how you'll feel about them mm -hmm. yeah go um, for it God, and I, I think this one is a lot for nostalgic reasons, but Wet Hot American Summer? Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I saw it for the first time, like, a year ago, so okay. I was pretty new to that. And we but... both like Community a mm -hmm. lot. Yep. God, what other Yeah, Community, as far as, like, if we're expanding to TV shows, that would <laughs> sure. probably be up there, too. Yeah, um, that's... Because we're re-watching that, and it's very good. That's definitely up there for me, although when I was re-watching it with you yesterday, I didn't like it as much as I remember liking it, so I don't know. Yeah, think. We, I think we watched the paintball, which are very cool looking, but very different tonally than the yeah. rest of the show, which is a bit like higher. Yeah, I think higher level I think than that, that might have been the issue there. I was kind of realizing that I have grown to love Gillian Jacobs and Allison Brie better mm -hmm. in 
newer roles like I I discover them both in community and now I like love and glow yeah glow is pretty better. good and you've seen love yeah definitely yeah. um and I watched that because Claudia O'Dord <laughs> was in it and uh, she's yeah so she's funny. she's pretty funny but yeah Jillian Jacobs um comedy bang bang is like my okay. favorite thing yeah. which again like very dumb and very just like jokes and puns and like and that and that's my jam comedy bang bang is sure yeah most of my comedy but I feel like our comedy tastes overlap a lot in the podcasts that we listen to like we both listen to McElroy's and stuff like that yeah I, yeah I <laughs> well, guess I guess they like d- totally jerking off everybody who's listening to yeah, this yeah, podcast right yeah, now I was like, gonna say like I <laughs> hey I don't guys, even look at them as comedy Macaroon they're chat. just like that's podcasts yeah. when I listen to podcasts it's a McElroy production like, yeah, yeah yeah totally but um I feel like when I think about like objective quote-unquote comedy and thinking about like oh professional comedy uh-huh. it mostly comes back to comedy bang bang because I learned just kind of listening to that for the last couple of years so much about like improv right. and the structure and there's so many comedians on there I, I yeah. like learned about the comedians I like through their appearances where like oh this person like that was hilarious I'm gonna look them up and yeah um so it kind of branched out from there yeah I mean Macro is obviously that's just <laughs> good 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 boys right there so. might, might I suggest pistol shrimps to you have uh, you tried that one you have recommended okay. that I haven't listened to it yet but I, I don't know it's got Matt Gorley on, Matt Gorley on it and he he's kind of in that I don't I don't know that realm sort of. Yeah, and Mark McConville, and they're just really funny together. So, I don't know, you might check that one out. Nice, I like the name of these, so. <laughs> It's good. They have me going there. Yeah, they they call women's rec league basketball games, and they know nothing about basketball. <laughs> and it's really, it's really funny. Is that the whole premise of the show, or? Uh, yep, that's oh, all wow. they do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, during the off-season once, they did, like, a mini golf tournament, um, which was also <laughs> great. Um, yeah, they're really funny. That might be one of my favorite comedy podcasts that there is but yeah i think i don't know i think it's interesting to see like how our comedy tastes like overlap and diverge Mm -hmm. and i think this movie definitely has something for it has something for me and has a lot of stuff for you so i think it has something for almost everybody yeah i was gonna say i think it does have like i'd be hard pressed to imagine someone going through the movie and not laughing at at least one bit but i also think that 90 percent of people are gonna eventually be like okay like i okay i get it and i'm i'm kind of done with it versus i'm probably in that last 10 percent that just like is in in all the way and like like i might look at my phone for five minutes during the anthrax scene but otherwise i'm pretty hooked on it or so. just fast forward it because yeah. it's a little sexist yeah. and not necessary at all. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. They could have had a chance to do some more interesting things with it. Instead, it just kind of like stalled a little sure. bit. So I think, I think we should watch life of Brian yeah. and meaning of life mm-hmm. and see kind of what you think of those and maybe do like mini follow-up episodes. Yeah. I'm um, down about those. And in the TV show too, because those. that yeah. like, it might even be, even better suited for the kind of like episodic nature. I think you're going to like the TV show more than I do. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a couple bits like the Ministry of Silly Walks is one of my favorites and like, you know, bits here and there that I was told to look up, but I need to get more well-versed and I I feel feel like that would feed my appreciation of this movie too. I've seen like a Dead Parrot one, I think. Mm, Yeah, it's a pretty famous one. There's... There's a really good one where they're all, like, trying to outdo each other about how miserable their lives are. (laughs) 
I sound very British. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> I think you can probably find it on YouTube. I wish I knew what it was called, but that one's super duper funny. Cool. I think we've, you know, talked about this a lot. Do you have any like final thoughts or? No, thanks for watching it with me. It had it's been a while and yeah. it held up better than I thought since I last saw it and had some new interesting things on it. So, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, go Monty Python. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug? I know most, most mm, of my guests don't really. Listen to sound blocks. Um, <laughs> I want to plug Fun Dip and Cherry Coke. Oh, thanks. But, yep. It's a pretty and great podcast. I, I feel like I've heard of it. Yep. Um, <laughs> if you need bookkeeping services from someone who loves Monty Python and or Star Wars, let me know. Um <laughs> Scott's a good dude. He's yep. very good at numbers. I have a business based around <laughs> myself and my dogs called The Beard and the Dragon, where we do business and bookkeeping things. That's pretty so, cool. That's very um, cool. I can link yeah. to that in the show notes, too, whoa, if whoa. you want. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what What should we do our toast to? Um, to the violence inherent in the system. Okay. Yep. <laughs> To the violence inherent in the system. Help, we're being repressed. Help, we're being <laughs> repressed. Good night. Good night, and don't go accepting swords from aquatic twats. <laughs> <laughs> and don't fuck it up. <laughs> don't fuck it up. Bye. much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and subscribe in Apple Podcasts. I'd also really appreciate it if you could rate and review the show there. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at FunDipPod, or you can find the show on Facebook. I just wanted to give everybody a quick heads up um, for the future, um, at least for now, the show is going to be fortnightly. I'm in the process of moving and starting a new job, so I just don't think I will have the time to... Uh, do it every week but i'll still be here every other week and i'll see you in a few weeks bye